1: what's going on y'all this is your host will cooper coming back for the final strut report for field Note fridays in the 2022 turkey season on today's episode, we've got Pete Moeller from NWTF to come on and talk about a last-minute trip that he decided to take up to Washington State, chasing after some birds outside of Spokane. So we're gonna get a little bit of the skinny on how the birds were acting, what was going on there, and how to go after birds if you're doing that yourself. There's not much time left, and turkey seasons have pretty much finished up, or they're winding down across the nation. There's a couple of states that they're gonna go through into June, but nonetheless, we got Pete on here to talk about turkey hunting and kind of how to take the information that you've gotten this turkey season process it and then take that and move into the fall and the 2023 season but nonetheless we got pete on here talking turkey hunting last strut report 2022 hope you enjoy well dude let's dive into it let's talk birds in washington and then tennessee too but first man let's let's dive into that what spurred you to just do that
2: I don't know, man. It, I think it's the it's the love of the gobble and not wanting turkey season to end. Yeah, um, you know, there's always one more place you can go. Obviously, down here in South Carolina, our season ends. Um, our season ends on uh, August or on April thirtieth, mm-hmm. and I didn't really get a lot of chance to be around here for season, um, just with travels and work and everything like that. But it's something that. You know, it's, it's something that when you enjoy it as much as, you know, as you can and you enjoy being in the woods, you're always willing to take one extra step and go, go do somewhere, go somewhere new to experience something new. So, yeah,
1: well, man, tell us what were the birds doing? You know, were they on fire? The, The thing that I've kind of heard from people across the nation is it seemed like birds stayed in their winter flocks a lot longer than what they've seen. And then it just kind of seemed like things broke loose for a week or two. And then all of a sudden it just kind of things shut off.
2: You know, I, so I can only speak to the little bit of time that I was there mm-hmm. uh, in Washington state. Um, but for the encounters that we had um, came across one group of gobblers in the afternoon, it was about three of them that were just kind of all out on their own um, but that first evening we also came across, uh, one gobbler and about four or five hens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the next day where I hunted from basically sun up until it was time to jump on a plane. Um, it was larger flocks. I mean, it was, uh, toms, jakes, and hens all in one big group and not really responding to calls, doing a little bit of, of talking on their own, yeah, but, but not really responsive. It was more tactical using terrain and and um trying to get in on the birds more than anything uh to be able to seal the deal that second day but um th- from what i understood from talking to the people that i hunted with they said that it had been kind of like that they had a, a much cooler spring mm-hmm. uh, things hadn't really warmed up to the temps that they were ready for yet i mean there were still spots where they said that they were they were you know they had snow not too long before and i think the highest the temps got um, over there in Spokane, where I was, uh, was about 55 during the couple of days that I was there, with overnight lows in the 30s. Dang. Uh, where, where they said that that's not really typical for them, so I could see how that could keep that could keep the dynamics from you know the, your flocks from changing yeah. uh, like like they're supposed to. Now the, the guys that I hunted with did say they had like one or two days of really really good gobbling about a week before. Um, but I was surprised to not see those birds, the male birds split off from the hens by middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was two 30, two when I tagged uh, my second bird. Um, and again, they were, it was still a full flock at that point. Damn. So what was the,
1: on the birds that you killed? What, what run us through what happened? Were they coming in silent? Were they birds that were just going nuts, ready to die?
2: Like run us through it yeah man uh, I, my my trip out to Spokane was a little bit rough um it was i was supposed to get there at 11 in the morning and immediately i was going to land jump in a truck with somebody and hit the fuel and go hunting we got diverted over to Kalispell because they said they closed down the Spokane airport and we, they said that if we didn't stop and refuel that we were going to run out of run out of gas which uh not ever a great feeling to hear when you're in the air. Um, and this was Delta. But, yeah, this is Delta. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I'll make a note of that. Yeah. But Hey, you know what? They got us there. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we stopped in Kalispell refuel, but it meant that I I didn't land until like two o'clock, uh. um, in Spokane. And so that, that got us a little bit behind the eight ball. So we immediately headed to a farm and, um, and hit a high spot that just basically we were going to post up on. It was, uh, I want to say that they, they told me it was a dairy farm or a cattle farm that they said the birds kind of traveling between the pastures and over there, over near the barns. But it's just kind of a big travel corridor mm-hmm. for them. And uh, that was actually where we busted the small group of toms there were about three of them in there. And they did not respond to any calls. But we just sat down at the top of this logging road on this hill and called. And I think it was about five thirty. We I mean, uh, I'm not one for, for sitting still that long, but after a long day of travel, I was happy to just sit back and lean up against a, a pile of timber and, and, uh, and nod off and take a nap. But finally um, the guy that I was with, he, he looked back and he said, Hey, we got birds working through. And, you know, I think two or three hens were in the lead. They ended yeah. up coming through the, the Tom never made a sound, never gobbled once the hens never really made much of any vocalizations until they got close. And then uh, a little bit of, a little bit of putts, a little bit of clucks. Um, but they, it was like, they just didn't know what was going on. Something just didn't feel right to them. And, uh, luckily I was able to swing, but I mean, they were, they were 10 yards away from us. We were waiting on the gobbler to try to pass and get in front. Um, but I was able to turn and, and be able to get a shot on him. Um, and then we didn't hear anything the whole rest of the day, um, even though that was an area that I was told was, you know, pretty solid for for gobblers. Um, we did have one hen come through later in the day that just, you know, I mean, chatty Kathy just cutting nonstop as she just walked through the, the entire hillside there. Um, actually, and, and sometimes it's just fun to watch that. Uh, yeah. The second day, the second day we were on different flocks of birds all day long but we just couldn't seem to, to get them to actually come to us. Even when the, the only Tom in that group was fired up, we just, we we couldn't get any response or couldn't get any action of him coming to us. It was always more of that gobble that you get. That's, you know, Hey, I'm over here. Uh, you know, come, come meet up with me, which is, which is the the normal way that things happen in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Finally, it was getting to be later later in the afternoon, and we had seen them uh, working downhill. And we had tried to work all the way down to the bottom of the property and get to where we thought they would end up. They never showed up, so we started working uphill. And sure enough, they were in a small clearing at the top. We waited until they they worked up over top of the back side of the hill and ended up then skirting all the way up to the top and uh, got busted by a couple of the hens which caused uh, one of the male birds to stick his head up and luckily I was able to get a shot on him but that was that it, it was I mean it was a little bit of luck a little bit again using the terrain knowing what the birds were doing um, and then feeling comfortable and shooting abilities to to take a shot at a bird that you know you you know that when you see you you know when you see your male birds you know when you see your toms that uh, the difference between them and a hen. And, you know, so that was what I went off of and was able to, again, bag a second bird. Um, and then again, we, then we spent the rest of the, that afternoon collecting morels before I jumped on a plane at seven. But again, it Dang. was not, not really any, uh, I mean, very, very little use of decoys mm-hmm. um, that second day. Occasionally we would set them up, but there, there was, there really was no reason to, it was mainly calling and, and uh, trying to move around, but they had recently logged the property to where, um, the birds had a pretty good view of you from a long distance out. So if you were going to sit, um, you had to be in a position to where they were going to have to come and get over a rise to be able to see, uh, to be able to see if there was anything. Otherwise, if you were, you were a long ways out, you probably would have needed a decoy just yeah. as a visual reference for them. Dang.
1: Well, shoot, man. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, obviously you were successful, but it sounds like it was kind of some tough hunting. Y-
2: you know, I, <laughs> It was one of those things I I didn't really know what to expect when I booked it, but I've I've heard everybody say um, that Washington's just loaded with birds. And I can tell you that from driving around, we saw fields as soon as you got out, got out into the hills, you saw turkeys. And the other cool thing was just about anybody that we saw out there. And again, this is Washington state. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure what to expect walking around in camo you know, in and around towns, um, with some of the, the socio-political stuff that you hear. Yep. But anybody that, when they heard I was there hunting turkeys, they're like, man, get rid of them. We hate them. They're everywhere. <laughs> they're like roaches. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the place that I need to be yeah. because, you know, don't tell me twice to, to go hunt turkeys. Um, Dang. but, but there were birds in a lot of the fields, lots of strutters walk, walking around. I mean, mm-hmm. you could probably door knock and and have some pretty decent success out there. Um, but you know, still to come away with some success in, in a little bit more than 24 hours or two, two birds and being on the ground in 24 hours, that's not bad at all. I'll take nice. that any of the week. Heck so. yeah,
1: man. Well, other than Washington, I know you were in Ohio a couple of weeks ago, so we did a report on that, but have you hunted anywhere else South? Like if you gotten a hunt in home in South Carolina, Tennessee or anything,
2: or? I did. And again, obviously things have been out here for a while. Um, but it, it, it was off and on here. Um, I got a chance to to take my son out at the very end of the season with a buddy of mine. Yeah, and it was another one of these things where you know we we thought if anything it, that would be the day that they were on fire, and um, we did not hear a peep other than getting close to a hen that we were pretty sure that she was on a nest yeah um, and we think the- re- the reason that she started firing off and and being a little bit more vocal is actually we we caught a, a coyote running in between us and her um we tried to get a shot on it, but it didn't work, but um, yeah, we left her alone uh to where she'd hopefully calmed down a little bit, but it was still not much vocalizations on that day, but then two days later, the very last day of the season, my buddy took out a first time hunter onto that same property, and the birds were going crazy, and that was um you know I want to say that was like May 10th uh was the the closing part of the upper mm-hmm. part of the state Dang. um so it, it's it's been a weird season where you know I started um, with some people in Florida and got a chance to be there for that and birds fired up a whole lot more this year there uh, obviously we hunted together in Texas yep uh, birds there were a whole lot more vocal than I saw them there last year at that mm-hmm. same time Um, Ohio was a little bit tough, uh, on vocalizations. I I think Bob probably covered that. Um, but you know, again, that was opening week and temps were still a little bit down. Um, but, uh, heard good things from, from people that hunted, uh, in Tennessee. Unfortunately, I didn't get to make it there. Um, but they, they said the birds were talking this year and, and, um, and that's always a good thing because us for us as turkey hunters, that's like a huge measure of success, or measure of satisfaction in the woods is, is at least hearing birds. If you see them great, if you get to kill one, even better. But if you even just get to hear birds talking a lot of times, that's enough to make a great morning. If oh, nothing heck works yeah. out right. So
1: heck yeah, man. Well, this is, this is the last strut report of 2022. And so what's kind of, um, some closing advice if you will that you would give to the listeners that you know they might have a week left or let's say their season's closed and they're just kind of uh reflecting on the season what's
2: some advice that you might have looking forward into 23. oh there's a couple things um first off i would say if you're still itching to get out and go chase birds um the Pacific Northwest or the Northeast, go, go hit those places. The birds are far more abundant there. They're actually seeing upticks, um, in populations, but, Mm -hmm. um, but there's not as many Turkey hunters in those places, but there still are places to chase birds all the way until I think it's January 4th. So don't let, don't let your, your season close in your own state, keep you from chasing birds one last time. Um, otherwise you, you gotta wait. Uh, a whole year. And I know that's, that's something that I don't ever like doing. I wish I could rewind it as soon as Turkey season's done and go all the way back to March and get ready to start it all over again. Um, But then the the second thing is obviously anybody who Turkey hunts, we care about the resource. We care about, um, we care about there being birds for generations to come. And I think that there's a lot of things that we can do, whether it's, working to better the habitat on our own places that we have, whether it be um, private land, leases, um, uh, you know, or it's getting involved with your local state agency to make sure that you're helping out what pulse surveys, um, you know, you're doing your harvest reports, all those things, because all those pieces are very important to those state agencies establishing the bag limits and the seasons for the following year. And again, we want them to have the most information possible to where, they can make the best season possible mm-hmm. for, for all of us. And the more data they have, the better they're accurately able to set limits on everything. And And that's really where we want it to be to where those birds can be around for generations to come. The other thing is get involved with Turkey Federation in some regard, whether it's just buying a, a, a membership uh, or it's trying to get involved in your local chapter and figure out ways to help foster uh, hunter recruitment of kids, you know, uh, new demographics or it's, Just doing that part to help make sure that that a little bit of your money can end up going towards conservation work, delivered it at a pretty high clip back to on the ground conservation work. So um I guess that's three things, but that works, brother. Yeah, man. Well Well, man, man. I love
1: it, dude. I love it. I love um, you know, this we got to share a turkey camp together in Texas. That was a fun time. And it sounds like you had a good uh good season. And so, man, just appreciate you hopping on the podcast to give the last strut report for twenty-two. Well,
2: oh, hey, man, I definitely appreciate it. I think the if for me looking back on my own season, um, I think the coolest part about the whole thing is that yeah, I had a little bit of success on my own and I I planned some trips here and there to to try to get birds of my own. Yeah. But I was a part of I think it was six or seven first time turkey hunters getting their very first bird or having their very first trip to the woods, um, including my oldest daughter's very first bird. And if I never kill another turkey in my life. Her getting a chance to get a bird is something that trumps. Anything that I'll ever accomplish in a single season. And I think if we get to the point like that as turkey hunters to where we're just as excited to watch others bag a bird as we are to punch a tag for ourselves, um, then we're in a pretty good spot.
1: Heck yeah, dude. I mean, he- you were a part of uh, Jenna's first time, <laughs> first shot, she gets not only one, but two turkeys. And one of those toms had a double beard.
2: That's tough to beat that that's gonna be a tough one to beat, but you know the crazy yeah. thing is she's uh she's itching to get back out and and go again yeah. um uh I was actually talking to her not too long back and was mm-hmm. telling her about heading to Washington and she's like, I'm so jealous um so again, I mean that's somebody that that one time out has caught the bug and they're ready to go again and I think she even went with some of the other folks uh Abram from Tennessee I think yeah. she went with him once or twice to chase Bert, so
1: I saw that. Hey,
2: we, we've created a monster there. Should we chase some birds for years to come? And that is
1: okay. Um, Absolutely. Man. Now that's going to be on a, a series that y'all have at NWTF.
2: What's that called? And when can we expect to see that? So right now um, we're wrapping up our Turkey Call TV season. Um, actually, well, I say wrapping it up, but I think we're on the front end of actually launching it. Um, but the series with Jenna and the other folks from Texas, that is dubbed Gobblers and Guitars. And that'll be coming uh, early summer as we get a chance to launch those uh, three main episodes that chronicle um, first time turkey hunts, uh, first time turkey killing, um, and then first time hunting turkeys for Jordan Rowe outside of the state of Georgia. So that was a fun um, hunt. It, a lot of firsts on that trip, which was really pretty cool. And then yeah. just a little bit of good tunes.
1: So can't, can't complain about that, man. No, sir. No, sir. Man, really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to hop on and uh, talk turkey with me.
2: Absolutely, buddy. I'll be happy to do it again anytime. There you go, everybody.
1: That was the last strut report for the 22 season. We would just want to thank Pete for hopping on and talking turkeys, Washington birds, and talking NWTF a little bit, and how to process, download, and go into the next turkey season. So we just want to thank all of y'all for tuning in to the strut reports for the 2022 season. We've got some really cool Field Note Fridays that are going to be coming up through the rest of this summer. We're going to be talking bow hunting, summer scouting for whitetail, getting ready for the mountains, and there's going to just be a plethora of in Information that we're gonna be bringing to y'all with some very experienced guests. And so make sure if you're not yet, that you're subscribed, rate, review. And don't forget, y'all, if y'all have got some topics or people that you think would be great for us to talk to, send me an email, podcast at huntstand.com. That way I know for sure that I hear your voice because it's not always that we get to see everything that's on social media or YouTube, but at least I know that your voice is being heard if you send me an email again to podcast at huntstand.com. So, again, we just want to thank y'all for tuning in to Field Note Fridays. We want to thank Worksharp Tools for supporting this and we can't wait to bring out some more information but nonetheless thanks again y'all and we'll see you on the next one